Well, what a wonderful time of worship, and uh, sure, I think I rewrote my preach this morning, and uh, and between the pre-meeting and uh, Adrian just uh, leading so well, just up front, just uh, the whole theme of family is just coming through tonight, and uh, in a really beautiful way, and uh, sure, so I just wanted to start out by just, yeah, almost prophetically been feeling that um, this word for a long time, that um, that family is just where we are. Sometimes this is temptation, and sorry for the visitors who don't know me, I'm Steve, I'm, uh, I lead this congregation, and uh, I, don't, I don't get to be behind this pulpit very often because we just have such a wonderful team and guys who are, are very able to teach you, and so, but it's my opportunity tonight, and, and I come to you as a father tonight. I, I want you to hear my heart as a father. Um, there are more crafted preachers, and there's better preachers in other churches, and there's different worship, but tonight we're not here about the worship, we're not here about the preach and, and who's preaching, we're actually here about the heart of God and what He wants in this congregation. And uh, So often uh, what happens when uh, leading a congregation, uh, as I think Adrian alluded to earlier, we are part of Josh uh, uh, Church with 47 congregations, mainly in the Western Cape and uh, into the Southern Cape. And uh, there's been a lot of growth. The Lord has been adding in such a ridiculous way, just wonderful quality men and women and just lots of people that have just been added across those 47 congregations in the last three to four months. And uh, so what I'm uh, learning fast is to uh, uh, not read the notes or the uh, feedback from the other 46 congregations uh, after the morning service because we've still got an evening service. So because... uh, I mean, A, the Lord is doing a phenomenal work, but sometimes we get caught up in, in just like going like, what do we do? What are we busy with in this congregation? And uh, like you see this growth and these numbers and these salvations or, this, or these recommitments or baptisms. So sometimes we get caught up in just what's going on and, and, and just almost comparing to what's going on in Hermanus or what's going on in AM or what's going on in George or, or any of the other congregations and I... I was really reminded uh, a couple of weeks ago as we just went through a wonderful growth spurt uh, a few months ago. You could just remember just a lot of new people were added, particularly a lot of younger people were added to the congregation. And we were like, wow, this thing's just exploding. And then all of a sudden it sort of just quietened down in terms of the growth. But then I, I suddenly said to the Lord, well, what are you doing? And what, what's, it was just like rocketing along. And then suddenly it just it plateaued in a, in a way. It's almost like every week, uh, it's exactly the same number of people. It's actually quite funny. It was every week, it was like, almost like exactly the same number of people. And then I, I felt the Lord saying to me that he's, he's actually taking us through a season where he's actually almost paused the growth for, for a short season where he wants to solidify us as family and he wants to just bring us closer. So everything Adrian is speaking about, the life that we live uh, in during the week, it's not about Sunday is important and we do, we come and worship and we just bring glory to our Lord and, uh, and we listen to the word. But, it, but it's more than that. It's actually about the life that we live together. Uh, even communities, is, uh, I won't say it's more important than church because I mean, you hear me from where I'm coming from. But it's a small group where we can actually belong and we can actually just knit our hearts together and we can actually uh, make mistakes. We can love one another. We can learn and be trained uh, for, for Sundays where we come and we bring our giftings and and then there's doing life together, and that's, uh, that's what Adrian was alluding to, where we are just in each other's lives, we are, we are just uh, moving home with one another, we are having coffees with one another, we are watching rugby with one another, 
We will definitely not watch Liverpool ever play because that will be hard work um, for me <laughs> for about the last 10 years. Um, but uh, we'll, one day, one day it will work out. So, so I was actually like just really feeling that um, it's about preparing the household. And the Lord wants to add, and He wants to add lots of people to us, lots of lonely people, lots of broken people. And you know from your workplace, you know from where you, whether you're surfing in the ocean or whether you're in the schools or wherever you are, wherever you're hanging, that there are, there's just a lot of lonely people. There's a lot of broken people. There's a lot of people looking to mothers and fathers of the faith and brothers and sisters and uh, that can just love them and just really just take them on a journey, uh, journey with them as well. So it is a season of preparation, and I really feel that it's just knitting our hearts together. And uh, what's, what is so wonderful about this congregation at the moment, that if you look at a, a real, not a real family, but a, a family in the natural, um, it, it consists of brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers, and uh, the fathers are training the children, and so are the mothers. And, uh, and this congregation at the moment represents a family well with just young brothers and sisters and, and fathers and, and mothers, and we're, we're, on a, we're on a journey together. And uh, So I just wanted to just up front just uh, say that this is a household and that the Lord actually refers to it as a household of believers. And if we look at a, a scripture in 1 Timothy 3, verse 14 to 15, just to lead in. Oh, one TV is not working. The one I need. <laughs> I can't see that one. I hope to come to you soon, but I'm writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and a buttress of truth. So what I want you to notice there, that firstly, we've been added to a household, and we have the task of promoting and protecting the gospel that gets preached amongst us. So we, we are just really just key in terms of family, and actually we advance the kingdom, we promote the kingdom, and uh, we have the living God amongst us. And this is like the gathering of the ecclesia. They, I promise not to do too much Greek or Hebrew, otherwise I'll get lost in that. Uh, but it's like a family, and uh, we just gather together, and we are the ecclesia where God is alive with us like we felt in the worship tonight. So right at the beginning... We're establishing that we are part of a family, and uh, I'm not going to put all the scriptures on the board. There are going to be quite a few anyway. Uh, it's good to read scripture. It says in Ephesians 1 verse 5 that we're adopted as sons through Jesus Christ into family. And in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 18, we'll put that one up on the board. And I'll be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Are you turning the TV on for me? Oh, well, okay, cool. <laughs> yes, go, honey. Ephesians 2 verse 19. This is the one I really, really like. Uh, we can just uh, put that up. Uh, then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And that's where we'll leave it. So just wanted you to see that we are part of God's household. And we know from other scriptures in 1 Corinthians 12, which we won't put up, that there's a metaphor that we are connected like a body, and we each play a unique part, and we bring our giftings, and we play a part in making sure that this family environment and this household is effective and runs smoothly. So how are we expected to behave or conduct ourselves 
in the household. That's the question for us. Just this passage in 1 Timothy that we read earlier came straight after just uh, what elders are meant to be and deacons are meant to be. And then there's also how do we actually conduct ourselves. And the easiest way to state that, and uh, I don't know if anybody knows, uh, old friend of mine from, he was an elder in Josh Jean in Cape Town, uh, Grant Banwell. If you've ever seen any of his Facebook uh, statuses, it would have quite simply been put, love God, love people. And that would be what I actually summarize, just love extravagantly. And in 1 John 3 verse 11, not going to put that up, it says, for this message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And we will put 1 John 3 verse 16 up. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And in verse 18, I'm not going to put that up either, uh, it said, little children, let us love in word, not in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. So we are called to love one another. And I want to, I want to actually say that we, we're not a Sunday church, nor, nor are we a Wednesday church. We're a church that meets in each other's homes. We're a church that does life together. And, uh, and we modeled on the church in Acts. In Acts 2, uh, verse 42, we won't be putting up there. If anybody's been here longer than three weeks, you'll know Acts 2, 42 to 47. Uh, it's just the blueprint upon which this church is uh, built on. And uh, it says two things that are key. It says, firstly, they met in the temple daily. And then they met in homes, eating and breaking bread gladly. So I know we don't meet daily. That would be almost impossible in the society that we live in. But I just want to illustrate that they met daily and they met in each other's homes, breaking bread, eating together with glad and sincere hearts. So what I am asking as well is that, and it sometimes comes across negatively, but it isn't. It says in Hebrews 10 verse 25, do not neglect the gathering of the saints or do not neglect meeting. So, we actually, it's very important that we do meet together because it's our protection, uh, it's just uh, where we get together, where we actually pray for one another, where we love one another, where we encourage one another, where we exhort one another, and it is difficult times that we live in, so we actually do need that encouragement, we need that exhortation, and we actually need to do life together and just love one another extravagantly. So, I'm, I'm asking if... Uh, <laughs> Just, just that we prioritize just being together. And, and if you haven't had somebody in your home yet, come on. It's going to be scary the first time. But uh, if you haven't had somebody in your house for a long time, invite them. It doesn't have to be a slap-up meal. It can be some soup. It can be a cup of coffee. What else can it be? Hot dogs and Jesus. Okay, my wife's looking at me like, oh, what do you mean? It's always a slap-up meal. <laughs> she wishes I just did the coffee. <laughs> but uh, just we need to connect with one another, and, uh, and, and we just need to just do meals together and do life together. So I want to encourage you, if your house hasn't been open for a while, and just practice hospitality. Just open up your home. <laughs> brave it. Get somebody to come and meet in your home. You'll, you'll actually find a connection. You'll actually find that after two hours, you'll know those people <laughs> hey, Vion, very well. <laughs> Vion's been in the house a lot. 
<laughs> for, mainly for coffee. When he comes to my house, he becomes a barista. So, so every now and again, he's like, um, wait, can I offer coffee? Yeah, sure, go for it. For 11 cappuccinos and the oaks in the kitchen after the night. But thank you. Thank you, Vion, for serving us. We, we really do. We do appreciate it. And, and uh, just if you're not, if you're not going to make the meetings, you're not going to make community, if you're not going to make church and you're in a family, ah, just... Just let your community leader know, or just let somebody know, because we worry about you. We actually, uh, we actually want to know, like, hey, where was, where was that person? <laughs> hey, Jared, Jared's, Jared's, <laughs> Jared's is nodding. He is worried about his people, or he's, he wants to know that I'm worried about him when he's not here. <laughs> both, both, Jared, both. Um. But just, just let us know if you're not going to be around. It's just a sense of family, and we want to know where you are, and we want to just make sure that, like Adrian described, maybe you're sick, maybe, maybe you're going away, maybe you can't make it, maybe there's a family, family crisis. Just let us know. How, how, can we, how can we actually help you? So I really feel that it is a season just to um, open up our homes and let's just love one another extravagantly and actually just build together. We've been given this season where we can actually build. We can not slow down because I don't think it's ever slow, not in my experience of the last like 20 years. Um, it, it's never slow, but there are periods of time and seasons where we can actually just take stock and just see where are we going, look around, and then actually just work out how we can love more extravagantly. So what is the importance of family? I just want to look at Romans 12, verses 4 to 5. And just solidifying that we are actually becoming one. It says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. So we are members one of another. And, and there's a very cool scripture in John 17 verse 21 to 23 and this is a prayer of Jesus this is how one that we actually need to become and if you've you know, been in our new member classes or seen Andrew preach on this you you will actually be you will be you'll remember what we're actually saying here it says that they may all be one just as you father are in me and I in you that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. So it's actually quite a, quite a big thing that, that Jesus is praying that they, us, might become one just as he was one with the Father and the Spirit in, in the Trinity. So that is quite a, quite a big illustration of, of the oneness that, that he expects from us or the oneness that is possible that we can actually have uh, in family. So the passage that we, we really want to focus on tonight is what a healthy church and what a healthy household actually looks like. And uh, in 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 2 to 8, it is a, a longer passage of Scripture. In fact, Adrian, can I ask you to read it for us? We give thanks to God always for all, of, for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, 
that He has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for, for your sake. And you become imitators of us and of the Lord, for you receive the word in much, much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all that believes in Macedonia and in for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Ashaya, but your faith in God has gone, gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. I wasn't about to do that. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Those words like steadfastness and uh, you know, acacia, like so. Well done, Adrian. No, you wouldn't step into a trap. Uh, it's quite a tricky passage of scripture. <laughs> well done. So I just wanted to highlight two two things in in that passage of scripture. Uh, the church or the household of believers uh, in the in Thessalonica, they were remembered or commended for three things. Firstly. Their work of faith, it's through faith that we, we do works and we need faith so that we, we actually do everything through faith. And then the labor of love. And I describe that as putting in serious effort in loving people. So it was a labor of love. It actually, labor is a, a work. It's a, like women know when it's labor, it's work. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's really just putting in serious effort to, to love people. And in the steadfastness of hope, that's the return of Jesus, that our hope is in the return of Jesus one day, and that's where we get that steadfastness from. And then uh, the second thing was the role of the fathers in the church. And uh, there's a call to imitate them as they proved worthy to be imitated. And tonight, I want to say that we have wonderful fathers in this house and I, I've, I'm totally convinced that you can, you can imitate. And, uh, and my, firstly, my team of elders, just Stan, Stefan, Adrian, Wade, Anton is sick tonight. Who am I missing? <laughs> okay, that's three, four, five. Okay, that's, that's right. Anton is he's sick tonight. So. And, uh, and then other men amongst us. Um, just the fathers of the faith that, um, Ben, where's Ben? You're, ben, you're a father, man. Ben, where are you, Ben? Ben? Oh, there you are. <laughs> Stand, Ben. Ben, you're a father in the faith, man. Even in your business, you, I just want to honor you for just fathering the people in your, in your business and the young men and the, and the, and the young ladies that are here, just, oh, just as brothers and sisters, as you've just mentored and guided and, and helped them and actually fathered them. Um, who else? Rion, man. You're a father, man. Oh, so I'm um, Stan, man. I'm so I'm so excited that you are just with us. So, yo, Donnie, huh? And Vili and Jacques, guys, you're fathers as well, man. Come on, stand, man. Just stand briefly, Vili. There are many. There are many others, but I I just I just wanted to honor these guys. It's just these are these are fathers that that you can imitate. That you can just. Yeah, just follow them and as they follow Christ so that you can actually just learn from them. Ugh, you guys can sit. 
we won't leave you standing up. In 1, in 1 John 2, verse 12 to 14, I don't think we're going to put it up. It says, I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. I'm writing to you, fathers, as you know him from the beginning. And I write to you, young men, as you've overcome the evil one. And all we wanted to pick there, that there's, there are children, there are young men, and there are fathers. And the fathers have done the distance. They have, they have wisdom, and they have been with the Lord from the beginning, and they have matured and have wisdom that you can actually walk alongside them. So the thing, this church was really commended for loving each other. And in 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 11 to 13, we can, we can put that up. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. But he keeps saying, I want you to do it more and more. We're not going to put it up, but in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 9 to 11, he says, you are loving and you're loving well, but I want you to do it more. And I want you to do it more and more. So there's a constant call for just loving uh, and just loving even more extravagantly. Highlighting verse 7 of the scripture that uh, Adrian read to us. Uh, he says, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you. And you became imitators of us and the Lord. So let's become a household where we can continue to encourage, strengthen, and love one another. Let's be attractive to those coming in, in from it. We, we must be known for our love. We must be known for this is a place of belonging. This is a place where it's a family. This is a household of believers. So when brothers and sisters come in and the fathers get added to us, we can actually walk together as a family and be known and be attractive to outsiders, to the lost, the lonely, and the broken. So I want to also say that this house is well represented by all ages, brothers and sisters. And, and you can look at it in terms of age. You can look at it in terms of spiritual maturity. There are some young ones in terms of just people have just given their life to Jesus recently. And they, and they are young spiritually. And then there are young men and women, like brothers and sisters. And then there are fathers and there are mothers as well amongst us. And Paul states... In, uh, in the Thessalonian church, that the family could imitate him and his colleagues, the workers that worked alongside him. He had a deep and full love for the saints. He had done absolutely everything to assure, firstly, their salvation and also give them guidelines to living a wonderful relationship together uh, and encouraging them to live in love and just look after the household of God. So in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 11, it says... For you know how like a father with his children. Okay. Sorry, we left a couple of verses off there. We'll move on from that one. Let's go for 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7 till 8. It says, But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. Now, speaking of Paul and his, and his colleagues, and he's, he's talking about fathers, but he's actually saying like nursing mothers amongst us. So there's a, there's a gentleness, there's an affection, uh, and that the people were ready to share their lives with you. And in your own mind, you can, if, if it's, I, I believe that the fathers that are just stood up there, those, those are men that are, that are gentle, affectionate, 
and they're ready to share their lives with you. There are many others. I, I don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, but the key to that is that are we ready? Are you ready to share your lives with us as well? We want to be part of your life. We want to walk as fathers in this house. And I'm going to refer to the mothers shortly as well. And it says in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 11, We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. And in, and in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 2 it says, Make room in your hearts for us. So I'm, I'm asking that you make room in your hearts for us as well. We, we, we just give ourselves fully and deeply to actually loving this work and loving the people in this congregation. And this, these men and women, uh, and I'm going to get to the women shortly, these are, these are men that have given themselves. They give hours of their time. They, they love extravagantly. Uh, they just lay down their life and they sacrifice their lives and to make a way for you guys to actually just be in family. So now I want to just chat about briefly, just as we draw to a close, or just about the mothers amongst us as well. And uh, your I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave somebody out if I had to name all the mothers, but just Catherine, Fimke, Maggie, Angelique's not here, I don't think, uh, Sunil, Jess, Stella, what's your name? <laughs> Nadia, <laughs> I'm joking, guys. Uh, Emily, God, there's so many... Elmery, just ah, there's, there's, there are many, there are many mothers amongst us, and uh, and I want to say to the to the younger girls, ladies, that you can actually imitate uh, these these women. You can push into them; their hearts, their hearts are wide open for you, and you can actually flourish under their wisdom. Tap into their wisdom, actually. Make sure you get to have a coffee with these people. Make sure you get to go and hang out with them. Invite yourself <laughs> for supper. Coffee. Hey, Fimke. Always pancakes. <laughs> pancakes. Okay, great. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, just in this congregation, I mean, we, we can have older women, younger women, and it can, be of, it can be of age, can be a stage of life, or it can be spiritual maturity as well. And I want to also just commend... Um, just even Sunel and Stella, I mean, oh, guys, you just run those, cro I don't know what you guys do, but it seems like you bake, bake and make things, but uh, just what a wonderful opportunity. I know, I know it's in the week, and I know it's on a Tuesday or a Thursday, but just those opportunities for, for women to get together and just, just be together and just love one another and just care for one another and pray for one another and make things and, uh, you know, just the camaraderie that goes with it and just, uh, just to learn valuable lessons on how to, how to live um, within your houses and also live in this household as well. So it's wonderful that they just practice the one another's and uh, maybe, maybe there's sometime in the future there's something that happens on a Saturday or some other day that, that other people can make it. But for what you guys have got at the moment, uh, well done. Thank you. It's, it, really is, it really is awesome. And then in Titus 2, verses 1 to 8, there's a passage on the, the older woman setting example for good conduct and sound speech. It says, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men, strange that the older men gap it in here when we're talking about the women, but uh, are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, 
likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to too much wine, they are to teach what is good. And to train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the world, sorry, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, and having nothing evil to say about us. And in 1 Peter 3, it, it talks about teaching women to, to adorn themselves with an imperishable beauty, a quiet and gentle spirit. It's not a weak spirit, it's not a timid spirit. But uh, sometimes we, we may be caught up with other things of the world, and as they talk about in Scripture, fancy jewelry, clothes, hair. But uh, we call in 1 Peter 3 to just teach the woman to have a gentle and quiet and beautiful way around them, an imperishable beauty. So the odd thing that we saw in that passage, and the only thing that, uh, that gets said to the, the young men in, the, in this passage and in any other passage that I've come across is to to be self-controlled. That's simple, just be self-controlled. But it also has said self-control for the older men, self-control for the women. So the only thing for the younger guys, just practice self-control. What is self-control? It's actually discipline, and it's actually just, uh, you know, and we sometimes associate self-control with, with purity, but I think it's more than that. I think it's actually just the discipline of life and the discipline of, of just spending time with the Lord and actually pushing into what He has for you. It says the older men need to have vibrant faith, integrity, self-control, and dignity. And integrity is basically being the same here, same in the workplace, same at home. So we, what we are here, we're in the workplace and we're at our homes as well. So the world is watching us. We have a lot of lost and broken people out there. And, uh, and I'm feeling for this season that the Lord is, uh, is calling us to live closely together. Uh, he's causing us to just uh, love one another extravagantly and uh, just do life together and uh, just get into each other's homes and prepare our souls because the Lord wants to add many more people. And, uh, and I think He's actually is waiting for us just to love, to love even more and just to open up our homes, the hospitality, and, uh, and invite outsiders in. Invite your neighbors in. Uh, you never know who you're going to be entertaining. Scripture talks about entertaining angels. Um, but just let's be really just rich in our love and just lay down our lives for one another. So we hear as the father's teaching the young men, the mother's teaching the young woman, the mothers and the fathers of the house just uh, being able to train and just bring the younger generation through into maturity and just to, to train them with everything that they need to live a, a godly life and, uh, and a life that actually represents Him well. So that, so that I wanted to kind of leave with you today that um, it's really a call to commit ourselves in the, the new. And I understand, I get it. So I'm not, what I'm not saying is like stop everything you're doing in life and uh, give up your jobs or be at church five times a week or things like that. Uh, what I am saying is let's, let's, when we've got opportunity, you know, just to look out for opportunities to love well and actually help one another and actually just imitate those who have walked the distance, who have wisdom. And uh, for the younger guys, 
tap into that wisdom, tap into that uh, wealth that, that, that some of the older guys and some of the fathers of the faith have. And for the mothers, there's a rich amount of mothers amongst us. And uh, you'd be wise to tap into them, uh, especially as a, a younger lady. Just go and grab hold of them and tap into them and get whatever you can uh, out of the older woman. So yeah, that's what I, I wanted to leave with you guys. I just uh, thought that uh, just we're in a family season and just coming through the pre-meeting and everything and just yeah, just through the whole service is just about family and uh, and that's what I want to encourage us in this season. That's where I believe the Lord is taking us at the moment, just to solidify uh, and just to love one another extravagantly. Mm-hmm.